Community Matters. Now, one hour. Powered by Lakeview Ford Lincoln. Dickman at Washington in downtown Battle Creek and shoplakeviewford.com. I'm Richard Pyatt. You've got us here on Community Matters. Thanks for being with us Saturday mornings on 95.3 WBCK and anytime at battlecreekpodcast.com. Our visits with folks in Battle Creek you hear on the radio end up as podcast episodes you can access whenever you need to at that address, battlecreekpodcast.com. It's been a little while since we've checked in with the city manager, Rebecca Flurry. So, the next time is today. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Richard. Nice Thanks to see you again. Here. Nice to see you as well. We've got a few things to uh, talk about that have been on your to-do list, <laughs> not the least of which, I suppose, was the consideration of what to do following the retirement announcement of Chief Jim Blocker at the Battle Creek Police. Seems like there's a process underway for that. Yes, actually, it was sad to have to say goodbye to Chief Blacker. Uh, he has served the Battle Creek community for so long, it it doesn't seem real yet that he is no longer our police chief. Uh, you know, he came in just a little bit before I did in 2014 and stepped into the chief role and had a lot of work to do within the police department. He's done a superb jo- job doing that. Uh, you know, all along his tenure, as I've been city manager, he and I were both very focused on secession planning throughout the organization, mm. but particularly in the police department. And I know that he was very focused on making sure that he did all that he could as chief to grow leaders internally in the department. But there are times like we're experiencing right now that we have a large number of retirements, particularly in the executive staff at the mm-hmm. police department, as well as the command staff and any man or woman in the police department that gets to the retirement age and retires. I'd be like, yes, you go do that. Others, <laughs> they want to think about doing other things differently, you know, whether they stay within the department or they go on to other law enforcement careers. In this particular instance, um, it's one of the reasons why Chief Blacker brought on two deputy chiefs is that he wanted to um, grow leaders. And, and he knew eventually that he would retire. And he was hopeful that amongst those hires as far as deputy chiefs and or in his executive team that there might be one or more that would like to be police chief someday knowing that he was probably within that two-year retirement window and so that window came sooner rather than later certainly do understand that and you know chief blacker was um very kind and and talked a lot about why this was the right time for him to retire also he has some military responsibilities going forward so this was our our moment what what do we do as he exits at the end of january and uh he brought in two very capable deputy chiefs um, I guess it was about 18 months ago, I approached both of them about the interim role. However, Deputy Chief Shannon Bagley came in with quite a bit of leadership experience, albeit in another organization. But his 18 months here, he certainly has shown that he has the leadership skills. He uh, works well with internal and external stakeholders. He has a vision for the department and took a lot of lead from Chief Blacker, but also was given a lot of, I would say, opportunities to grow as a leader in the Battle Creek Police Department. Uh, So I felt from an interim basis that Chief Bagley was um, was probably the better choice as an interim chief rather than Deputy Chief Gillian. However, Deputy Chief Gillian has done a fantastic job in all of his service levels at the Battle Creek Police Department. 
Um, this was really all about timing. Thought we might have more time to work and experience the leadership roles from both deputy chiefs, but we don't live in a perfect world. And, you know, Chief Blacker had to do what he had to do. And so I'm very comfortable and confident in uh, Shannon Bagley's ability to lead the Battle Creek Police Department. And so I believe the interim in his title uh, won't be there for long, but that's what an interim period is all about. It's for him to be sure this is a place that he wants to be as you know the chief of the Battle Creek Police Department, but it also gives the Battle Creek Police Department more time to work with him in a chief role to make sure that that is the right fit for the police department as well as the city in general. You know, that's a key senior leadership role in the city of Battle Creek. And, you know, we want to do all we can to help him be successful. And, you know, he needs Deputy Chief Gillian to help him with that, as well as some of his other command team. So we are in the interim period, and I look forward to um, continuing work with uh, Chief Bagley. I hear a couple things in in those remarks that stood out to me. One, that uh, Chief Blocker knew that uh, he had an opportunity to try and assist with his successor at least in so far as he could uh, sort of tee up some uh, folks for you to consider, if not him. And then uh, the other part is that in your estimation, the choice is made uh, unless there's some unforeseen circumstance, but there's not the need for uh, a nationwide search or something for this uh, successor of Chief Blocker, if I'm hearing you correctly. Is that true? You are. I mean, I have a great deal of confidence that uh, Interim Chief Bagley will be successful in this interim role and ultimately become the chief of the Battle Creek Police Department. Um, but again, it's a two-way street. He has to make sure this is the right place for him, and we have to make sure that we agree that it is or isn't the right place for him. And that involves community engagement as well. He knows that because he's not from the community, he often has to work doubly hard to establish those relationships, be a good listener, listen to understand, not listen to respond, and, and continue building the relationships he had started under as the deputy chief. And he really has. I mean, I think he's all in and he's hit the ground running. He presented a letter to the community about where he's coming from and why, you know, he feels like he he's in the right place at the right time for his career and what he commits to the community of the city of Battle Creek. And so I'm I'm really excited about that. Now, you know, if either one of us decides in this interim period that it isn't a good fit, then, of course, we would have the um, opportunity to do a search. Sure. Do you think that's uh, rooted in the notion that that it's wise to try the suit on before you buy it? That's sort of an analogy, right? But I mean, if we look, for example, at Kalamazoo Public Safety, they've brought up a couple of, of chiefs of police from within the ranks, folks with tenure, et cetera, and a couple of them haven't worked out. And there wasn't, as I recall, there wasn't an interim period where they tried the suit on, right? So in this case, it sounds like uh, a nice uh, cautionary step, maybe is how you'd phrase it, to, to say, yeah, it fits. We're okay with this. Would you phrase it that way? I think that's fair. Uh, and I think it isn't just for police chiefs. We're learning in this incredibly tough talent market that it isn't always about us posting and getting applicants. It, it is that two-way street and that they, they're trying us on as much as we're trying them on. And so uh, it just made it made sense um, with the timing of Chief Blacker's retirement that this is what we're going to do is that we were thinking we would have two years. We don't have that. So now we could let's put the interim in play with Chief Bagley 
and do exactly that. Sometimes you can and sometimes you can't in a certain a period of time. Again, this is a sit back and let Chief Bagley lead the department and making sure that I'm touching points within the department and within the community about how that's working. We really do care about the input from the men and women at the police department, as well as the community about how uh, Chief Bagley is is doing his job um, as the interim chief of the Battle Creek Police Department. Okay. So the the interim period has started. And in fact, uh, uh, interim chief Bagley was a guest on the program not long ago. And we'll link that episode link in the show notes at battlecreekpodcast.com. So you can go back and hear it if you didn't. Great. Speaking of public safety, there is uh, a study going on of public safety management, right? Yes. In 2022, the city of Battle Creek launched a service delivery model study for our police department, our fire department, and our EMS services. And this was prompted a lot by some of the things we just talked about, Richard, is that we have this period where a lot of our firefighters, as well as police officers are retiring. And it's very difficult to find, you know, the number of candidates that we need to fill the vacancies. Mm. What we realize, and in conversations with the fire chief and the police chief and with our partners at Life Care is that we are seeing some changes in our calls for service. Do we have the right service delivery models in place to be responding to those? So for example, in the police department, we know that over 50% of the calls are not strictly law enforcement related. They have some sort of a mental health component. We are having trouble filling the large numbers of retirements that we're having. So our vacancy rate is making it very difficult for us to staff shifts. We're staffing them, but oftentimes it involves pulling officers from other specialty units or overtime, and that's just not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at that. We're hearing from the police department that there may be a need to train them as medical first responders because oftentimes they're their first before sometimes the fire department, before sometimes the ambulance, and they don't have the tools to be able to render aid as needed. And then resources are really tough. Um, I just talked about the human resources, but financial resources as well. You know, no municipal budget is growing exponentially, and yet the costs for services are going up. So that's one aspect in the police department. In the fire department, similar conversations. Over 80% of the fire calls are medical related, not fire related. So the majority of our fire vehicles are very large fire apparatus, ladder trucks and engines. And, and should we be responding to medical calls with that? And the fire department was saying, hey, we would like you to consider training us as paramedics because sometimes we get there before the ambulance and we want to be able to render the right level of medical service. Wow. You know, so I'm hearing different but similar things out of my two largest departments. If you put them together, the Department of Public Works is large, but, you know, from a um, service delivery perspective, they're Mm -hmm. large and they are, you know, over 60% of our general fund budget. So it's important, you know, the efficiency and effectiveness of our service delivery and our stewardship of taxpayer dollars is important. And with these kind of those changes, and then we know that our partners at Life Care are experiencing the same thing our police and fire are doing. They're short-staffed. They have larger territories in which to respond because fewer number of ambulances are in certain areas. Um, and, you know, they're struggling to meet the contract requirements with the city of Battle Creek for a variety of reasons, not And it's not just Battle Creek related. It's a nationwide issue when it comes to fire and EMS services. 
And so is that the right contract for us? Do we need to think about something different? Certainly, I've heard from our friends at Life Care that it isn't all about response time anymore. People are looking at quality of care, patient response, patient care, as well as response times. Those are just things that we weren't talking about when we established that relationship with Life Care. Um, and we haven't, you know, we need to talk differently about calls for service in police and fire. So um, the City Commission approved a contract with the Center for Public Safety Management, and they are taking a look at our service delivery models. You know, I've had a lot of questions about public safety and and you mentioned it too, Richard. Public safety used to be a generic word for police, fire, EMS services. But in some instances, like our neighbors in Kalamazoo, they have a traditional public safety organization, which means all of their people are duly trained for both police and fire. We are not that way. The Center for Public Safety Management has that name, but we certainly aren't a uh, public safety organization except you know, kind of by that umbrella, that generic term. Sure. Um, but is that a model that CPSM, Center for Public Safety Management, is looking at? Probably. Um, but we're asking them to look at it from a service model delivery lens. And that's what we're anticipating in their report. And we expect final reports probably by the end of second quarter 2023. So I'll take a look at that. We'll talk about it from the police and fire leadership and then get in front of our uh, city commissioners with any recommendations that come out of that study to get direction. That's really interesting. I, I certainly know when you started talking about cross-training, it you know, I worked in Kalamazoo for a long time, so the public safety model is in my head. That came up in my mind right away. But it's interesting that uh, maybe there's some validity to that, right? The idea that if a, a certain department is there first and they don't necessarily have the training to respond as quickly it would probably be useful to bring in a third party with expertise in this area to try and give you a perspective about that. I presume CPSM does this across the country. They they uh, they have a benchmark, they have a standard, and then they apply that to what they learn when they visit. Yes. Um, we did a, a very robust RFP process to be able to select CPSM. And, and most definitely, they had the greatest depth and breadth of experience with this type of study. So we feel very confident that, you know, they are the right organization to come in and and take a look. And they knew that we were open to any and all discussions. We don't know what we don't know when it comes to this, and the industry is changing. Um, and so we're listening to them. Now, they have already done all of their data collection, which means they've come in and they've looked at you know every call for service that we've had, I think, over the past 24 months in both police, fire, and EMS. So they put all of that data together, and now they'll be using that, talking with the staff within each department and with life care, and then bringing that all together in a a cumulative final report. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, there's not that much time left before they provide you that report, so they must be well on their way. Uh, So we'll be interested to hear the outcome of that and uh, hear about the discussions that you plan going forward as it relates to that. So we'll stay in touch on that. You talked about having an interest in um, how citizens view, for example, the the, uh, performance of the police chief and and, uh, that sort of thing. There has been a discussion of a citizens review board just in general, right? Yes, there sure has. And actually, Chief Blacker, myself, um, and uh, Carrie Whitfield, the president of the NAACP in Battle Creek, had started those conversations before COVID. That's a big conversation. There are a lot of components to consider when you talk about a citizens review board. And so that had been discussed 
And then we took that concept to the the city's human relations board. That's kind of a cross-sectional board of residents, actually just to get feedback about what they were thinking along that line. And then Kerry, he convened a very diverse group of stakeholders to help the NAACP put a proposal together to present to the Human Relations Board. And then ultimately, we'll we'll present recommendations to the city commission. I appreciated that the Human Relations Board really wrapped their arms around this and they spoke to Carrie and his group. They reviewed all different types of citizen review board models in different areas of the country that already had them, as well as in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they put out their own survey to the community asking some specific questions they felt would help them better formulate a recommendation, certainly using the NAACP proposal as a base, um, and then anything that they might want to recommend to the commission. So, you know, we could have several recommendations to the commission. Really, it's our jobs to educate, inform, recommend, but ultimately the direction will need to come from the city commission because if it's determined that Battle Creek should have a citizens review board, it would be them to uh, create it and then give it whatever um, powers that it would need to do what they feel that it should do. And, you know, I think the challenge there, Richard, is it's there are many models in play throughout the country and in Michigan. And so finding that right fit for Battle Creek is, I think it's going to be, it's a tough task. You know, I have always been supportive of it. Chief Blacker was supportive of it. Uh, Interim Chief Bagley is supportive of it, but it has to be organized in the right way. And I can tell you, we vary a bit on all of that, but that is what good community dialogue is all about, making sure that all voices are heard and that you know the commission ultimately uses that to make their final decision. Right. So what you're really alluding to is uh, the guiding framework of a body like this and then what sort of... Um, I don't want to use the word power, but what what sort of effect it has and how can it be productive? This is what you're talking about. How do you create the framework for this that it it works for everybody? True? Yes, that's correct. I mean, I think we all started with, so what is it that we want? I mean, what do we feel that we're lacking that this board would fill? You know, and we're all we're all clear about transparency, accountability, a place for citizens to bring discussions about, actually, there's been a question about, is this just police related or should this be all municipal services, which was a really good dialogue. And I can't say that I necessarily have an opinion one way or the other, but I I appreciate they lifted that up, that it could be, you know, far reaching in the police. But right now, really, we're specifically talking about the police department. And so there are things where we are aligned. There's other things around the authority, as you mentioned, that we may not be for a variety of reasons. One, we don't want it to violate collective bargaining agreements. We don't want it to usurp the power of the chief. We don't want it to infringe on the rights of officers, whether they are or are not involved in investigations. And we don't want anything to impede investigations. And so that gets really difficult when you try to find, okay, so where is the middle ground in those things? Understanding that that's important where is that middle ground so that everybody feels this is structured a way to be helpful and to meet the goals and objectives? What motivates the notion that we might need one? Is there not comfort in the notion that there is or is not a process if opinions need to be voiced? Or What, what motivates this? Yes. You know, I 
I can't necessarily tell you what the motivator was, was for us to have that initial conversation, but I think it was exactly what you said is that they don't feel that their needs are being met in the structures that we have in place at the police department. Cause really that's what we were focused on, whether it's an internal investigation, whether it's information on a certain case or you know, all of those I things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it really just depends. I, Chief Blogger actually went and spoke to the human relations board and says, I need a body in which I can bring a case that probably has some controversial pieces to it to be able to put that out there and gather input and feedback, certainly not uh, impeding on, you know, any sort of investigation or internal investigation, but getting, you know, additional input into those, you know, those matters have very specific impacts on the community, even Mm -hmm. if it's on our communities of color. All of those uh, transparency and accountability questions and statements that are asked, that is all part of this discussion. So is there a, a time frame in which you hope to have uh, some progress in this area, the, the framework defined, whatever that means? Yes, we're hopeful that um, the Human Relations Board will be prepared to provide a recommendation to the commission in February, maybe early March. I know that Carrie and the NAACP wanted a commission decision by then. I I just think that there is a lot of pieces to this ask, and we certainly don't want to rush something, but we certainly know that they will be intricately involved in the discussions that happen with the commission. So what I had said before is I anticipate a workshop with the city commission on this topic only, and that there'll probably be several recommendations that are shared with the commission for them then to consider advancing. Now they could go back and say, we would like more information along this lines. And so it could come back to the staff or to the human relations board, or even to the NAACP for additional information before it gets to an actual bringing it forward to a city commission meeting, you know, and actually making it um, legal via probably resolution and or ordinance and the meetings that will need to happen to make that possible. All right. Well, we'll certainly be interested to hear how that moves forward as well. And then as we get closer to it, uh, how the the body would actually be assembled and, and all of those things. So we'll stay in touch on all of that. Thank you. That's great. Sure. All right. Battle Creek City Manager Rebecca Flurry on Community Matters. Mm-hmm.